Welcome to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter. This is episode 73. I'm Richard Bliss, the host, and thank you for listening. My guest today I, is kind of unique. Well, all my guests are unique, and you know that if you've listened to my show. Uh, in this case, my guest is Jason Katarski, and Jason is from Flint, Michigan, where he uh, has been an associate pastor for a church and has, is starting up a brand new church uh, just next month, I think. That's right. Isn't that right, Jason? Yeah, that's right. We're launching in September. Well, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Richard. I really appreciate it. So we're here because you have a Kickstarter project. As the airing of this show, um, we're airing this. Your Kickstarter project is going to go live tomorrow. Uh, your game is called The Great Heartland Hauling Company, and it sounds like it's a trucking shipping game, right? Yes, that's, that's correct. Okay, so uh, and this is your first time in developing a board game. Yeah, it really is. Uh, I, I, I kind of fell into love of games a little bit later in life, uh, 23, 24 years old. And uh, that was because my wife had played Settlers of Catan in, in college and, and convinced me to pick it up one Christmas. And I was a little skeptical, but, but I, I fell hard. So, um, yeah, I just I kind of started collecting games and then started looking at ways that I could contribute to the hobby and uh, thought it would be neat to design a game. Um, well, that's interesting. So you sat down and decided, uh, first of all, uh, when you play Settlers of Catan, who wins? Oh, uh, usually not me, that's for sure. <laughs> I, I don't it. like to win as much as I just like to play, but my, my wife would say that she likes to win as much as she likes to play. Well, good. <laughs> that's, uh, that's, a good uh, that's a good formula to have, allow, allowing the wife to win on her own <laughs> efforts. Um, so tell me about a little bit about Heartland the Heart, Great Heartland Hauling Company. What, what's the inspiration and kind of what's a little bit about the game? Yeah, the game is, uh, it's, it's, we're, we're calling it a cubes and card game for two to four players. It, uh, it's, it's all card driven. The, the board itself are uh, different locations around the Heartland. And you use cards uh, to pick up and deliver goods as a long haul trucker. So it's a little bit of hand management, a little bit of pick up and deliver, a little bit of risk versus reward. So is there, a, is there, just to be clear, is there, a, is there a map or are the cards representing the different locations? The cards represent the different locations. So you can shuffle these cards and every game you have a new experience of uh, how the board is set up. What, uh, okay, this sounds interesting. Where did the inspiration come for this? You know, the, inspir- the inspiration really just, it came, um, I-, I was thinking it would be fun to design a game, but didn't have any original ideas. So... Uh, what I ended up doing was just trying and then creating some games that already existed that weren't my own ideas until uh, I was working at my church and we had some food delivered to us by a truck driver. We were trying to help people in need in our community and uh, the truck driver had shared that this company that had hired him to deliver this food paid him less per hour than it cost to uh, operate his truck. So I asked him, well, why would you do that? Why would you come all the way? I think he had come from Tennessee to Michigan. Why would you take less money? And he told me it was because they paid most of his expenses to get up here to Michigan, where he could then travel across to the other side of the state, pick up some collard greens, and take them down to Florida so he could, uh, so he could make twice as much money uh, to operate than, than he was on the trip up. So it was, a, it was kind of a risk versus reward scenario, and I thought, hey, there's a game in that. So I went home and, and pulled out some paper and a deck of cards and, and went to work uh, just creating uh, creating the Heartland Holland game. So that is interesting because uh, everybody has a different journey that they come on when they you know kind of have that aha experience of finding a game 
idea that they're able to, to put together. In your case, so you've got this game idea. So what was the process then? So did you, you got a, do you have a game group that you play with or how, you know, how, really, how did that work? Oh, yeah, my, my, I, don't, I didn't really have a game group at the time. I still really don't have a lot of people in the area that, that are really into gaming as much as I am. Um, I, I've been introducing a lot of games to friends, and, and that's been a fun process too, trying to figure out what games to show to, to people who haven't played the hobby games yet. We're, but my wife has been my, my, main, my main partner. Okay, so this is, this is a game that you developed and that you and her kind of worked on and prototyped it together? Yeah, I, I really love uh, two-player games that, that we can play without being mean to each other. <laughs> so uh, I, some of those non-confrontational games, a lot of the games in the Cosmos two-player series like Balloon Cup and Jumbo were a big influence to me. But that was one of my goals when I sat down to, to um, develop a game. It was, it was, I want this to be playable with, with two people because uh, there's a lot of games out there. You look at them and they just say, hey, it starts with three. You know? and, I, and I like the two-player game experience because that's the, my most common scenario when I'm going to pull out a game. Sure, and you're located. Where, where are you located? Yeah, I live in Flint, Michigan, which uh, that plays a big part of of, uh, of why I was influenced to to create a game about uh, about trucking. Uh, I grew up in Flint, Michigan, which is the birthplace of General Motors, and and we're, we were an auto industry town. My dad worked for GM, retired from there. Um, that that has really influenced my life in some significant ways. My, my family's were putting our roots down here in Flint. This is where we want to live when a lot of people are heading for, for brighter shores um, where they can find work. And so speaking of putting your roots down in family, it sounds like I think we can hear uh, your <laughs> daughter in the background there. Yeah, she's, she's having, uh, having the run of the house right now. So she's three and a half, and uh, we have another on the way this October. So Well, congratulations on that. I imagine if, if uh, as the show goes on, we might, she might come over and decide she wants to be a guest <laughs> on the show. So we'll, we will invite her when she comes. Her uh, awesome. I, think, I think we talked earlier. Her name's Claire, right? Yeah, that's right. Oh, that's a, and that's a lot of fun. Uh, let's, talk about, let's talk about then. So you get this idea. You test it out. And at what stage did you think, hey, I really – I want to take this thing and make this thing for real. That I want to actually publish this as a board game or a card yeah. game or however we want to describe it. Sure, sure. I had um, I had had played it a couple times, and then I, I was on BoardGameGeek.com, and I had come across a thread on their forums about a, a game design contest that a publisher called Rio Grande was putting together. And there was an event coming up in a month in Ann Arbor, Michigan, just an hour away from my home, where, where I could enter this game design contest to get some feedback about my game, and the winner got a chance to show the game to Jay Tumbleson, the, the owner of uh, Rio Grande. And uh, I thought, hey, it would be fun to, to give it a go. And uh, I signed up for the contest, and I went, and I had a blast. I, I got a ton of great feedback. The, the first people who played my game were two teenage girls. And uh, I was trying to stand you know, a little bit farther back so I could watch but not interfere with their experience. And, and I heard this young girl say, oh, wow, this game is so fun. I know what I want for Christmas. And, uh, and I, was, I was very encouraged. So I ended up in second place um, in this contest to a, to a different kind of a game, an abstract strategy game, which was interesting, but I didn't think it would be a good fit for the actual contest and didn't think it would really get published by Rio Grande. But um, th that feedback that, that I got second place by just a couple points and uh, I, I enjoyed hearing from people and a lot of people said, hey, this is, a, this is a fun game. It reminds me of you know this or this and I like that in a game. And um, it made me feel like, okay, I've really got something here. So even though I, I'm not going to have the chance to present it to Jay Tomlinson at Rio Grande, uh, I want to move forward and see if I can uh, find a publishing home. I, I had imagined 
uh, self-publishing at first, but my wife, um, Lisa, thankfully stepped in and said, uh, you can't spend your own money until you've tried to spend somebody else's money. So <laughs> I appreciated that. Well, that works. And, that, and there's some valid points to that because if you can go out and find value, you know, they said they wanted it for Christmas, but you can find enough people who say, yes, I see value in this. Then it becomes time for you to say, all right, um, this has value beyond just people who know me or who are emotionally attached to me somehow. Yeah, that was huge for me. That that I, w- I wanted to make sure that it wasn't just me and my wife and my friends who liked the game. I wanted to find out if it really had merits, especially since it was my first game design experience. So, so this was when was this contest? Uh, this was uh, I want to say 2010, um, October of that year, I believe. So a year and a half ago. Yeah. And, and how finished did you think the game was at that point when you took it to the show? At that point, yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was pretty finished. My, uh, I had enlisted the help of a good friend of mine named Brian Buckley, who, who had been laid off from the local newspaper as they were, you know, the whole newspaper business has been been struggling to kind of reinvent itself, and he was a, um, a casualty of that. So he was at home, and he was a great, uh, great artist. I said, hey, want to have some fun? And and he's not a gamer, but he was he was really enthusiastic about having a, a project to work on with somebody. Um, so he put together a prototype with me that, that was looked like a finished game, and, and that was probably why I thought I could self-publish so easily because because he did a great job with the initial prototype. So I sent it to a print-on-demand publisher and and got a couple copies made. And I felt like you know this this game is gonna if nothing else it is going to look better than most of the other prototypes in this contest, which, which I was right about. Most of them were boards with paper glued on them or uh, you know, just printed out pieces of paper stuck in, in card sleeves. Um, so presentation was important to me. I, I, thought, I thought if I'm going to do this, I want to look like I know what I'm doing at least. Sure. And you came in second, so you know, Rio Grande didn't pick you up a year and a half ago. So at what point... And then you decided not to self-publish, uh, according to the great advice of Lisa. And now suddenly <laughs> you're like, okay, well, if I don't self-publish, i got to go find somebody who will publish it. Yeah, yeah, that was right. So, so I, uh, it was probably January of uh, 2011. I, I, I decided to get serious about trying to find a publisher. And I really just started with uh, the forums at BoardGameGeek.com. And there's another uh, website, the Born Game Design Forum. I think it's bgdf.com um, and they just had some I just searched for game design how to get published like was just reading the forums and, and coming across different um, uh, advice that, that people were offering about about getting published and uh, then I just started to gather a list of publishers that I that I thought looked cool so most of them were here domestically because I thought it would be easier but there was a few of those kind of dream publishers that put out the, the European games uh, that I was considering contacting, and I just started going down the list, and um, I, I I wrote up a, a fancy email that kind of gave a, a short pitch for the game that that I had done well in this contest with Rio Grande, and that that uh, that I uh, that I thought it was unique, and that it was a card game that felt like a board game, and uh, that I had prototypes ready to send if somebody wanted to give it a give it a try. And uh, I so, sent. Ah, go ahead. No, how many did you send out? I ended up actually. I, don't, I email wise, I sent probably twenty twenty five uh, before I started hearing back from people, and I heard back from some some really reputable companies, and uh, several of them said about the same thing. Uh, we we thought it looked interesting from your pitch. I sent them a copy of the rules too. I was was just thinking I want to give them as much as I can, as much as they're willing to read, without actually you know 
sending them unsolicited like prototype. Um, and I heard, you know, hey, looks interesting, but our schedule is booked for the next several years. You know, we, we're packed. So uh, I, just, I just kept going and kept going and until um, I heard from two companies who said, hey, I want a prototype. Um, one of them uh, was interested. I don't think they actually got to the point of uh, playing the game, but they said, hey, uh, you know, what do you think about retheming the game? And, and I was pretty partial to the theme, so I didn't really jump on that. And just in time, I was, I was offered a, a chance to send a copy of it to the folks at Cambridge Games Factory uh, who wanted to play it and seemed pretty interested. So I, uh, I sent out a copy, and they played it, and within a week I heard from their game developer who told me that they wanted to pick up the game. And I was, this was uh, May by then, so a few months after that, I, I was offered a contract to publish my first ever game. So I was, I was pretty stoked uh, uh, about that was, whole process. And this was May of, of this year? Um, you know, maybe I was a year off. So was it a May? Uh, in the whole thing. Um, it wouldn't have been May of this year. Sh- no, um, my game sat with, with Cambridge for a year. So I must have, st- my starting point was a year earlier. So I must have went to the contest in 2009 and started the process looking for a publisher in 2010. And then that May of 2010. 2010. Yeah. Of 2011. Where, right. Because we're yeah. in 2012 now. Now I'm confused with math. See, math is not my specialty, no, uh, which a, is funny as a game designer, but no, I, I'm no, okay with that. No, there's a rule that in live interviews, never try to do math because nobody can do it. <laughs> nobody can do it. Point uh, taken. Yep. So, so May of 2011, you got picked up. And then, then what happens? And the reason I'm asking you these questions is because – People who are listening to the show are going to be in the same boat. They've got a game. They've got a prototype. They've decided they're not going to go the self-funding route. So they're going to reach out to publishers just like you did. Right. And so what kind of – I mean how, what of those 20 or 30 that you sent out, did how, what percentage responded at all? Uh, 25% of them responded. So one out of four, right. you get something back, and almost all of them are saying, no, thank you. And it was interesting. Did they say, no, thank you, we don't like the game? Or was it, were most of them, no, thank you, we can't fit you into our schedule? Um, I would say that was about half and half. So half of them said, we can't fit you into the schedule. It looks interesting. So we can't take on new projects. Good luck. And some of them were very short form letters that said, Hey, no, thanks. You know, and that was it. And they didn't give any other reasons. Okay. So that's interesting. And then you get the game picked up. There had to be a lot of excitement about that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, And then, and this is common. And that's why I thought we could sit down and talk about this. Then what happened? Well, then what happened was um, I, I started developing the game with Rob Cedar. He was kind of helping me tweak some rules and figure out card distributions and, and making sure that we had had it ready to go, trying to figure out are we going to go with the artwork that my friend had made or, or have somebody else do it. And uh, Cambridge isn't really, hasn't really been known for their, their quality artwork until uh, their latest release, which um, is kind of what, what throw the, threw the wrench in the system for me. And that was uh, the, Glory to the Ro- Glory to Rome black box edition that went on Kickstarter. Um, it which, was, right, which was last year, which did phenom- about a year ago, did phenomenal. Right, and so, right. And so, what ha- so that actually their success caused some problems for you then. Yeah, you know, um, th- there was probably maybe ten or twelve other games that were in the games to come out with Cambridge, and and I was somewhere towards the end of that list, and uh, because just because of the order that I got picked up, and and Glory to Rome did really well, but a big part of what made it such a big deal is was Glory to Rome was already on the top one hundred games in the world on boardgamegeek.com people really loved it but they hated the artwork so they did a new fancy version and they were going to put it in a box instead of their typical plastic clamshell 
they they uh they, and because of that, they were using a real game manufacturer, and, and, and instead of another small, smaller printer, they were using in in China. So they, their whole thing was like making games uh, like cheap, like that have cool gameplay, kind of getting new designers out there. Right. But with Glory to, Glory to Rome really blowing up, um, I think it was it was they were learning a lot about the process. They hadn't used Kickstarter before. They hadn't used a real game manufacturer. And uh, because of this, the game is still not to all the people who backed it on Kickstarter. So I, I backed it myself because it's a great game, and sure. uh, I'm still waiting for it to show up. So it really slowed down the process altogether for all the games. So, so, so I'm sitting have, and waiting and right. uh, so still, wait, but still waiting. Still waiting. And we only have – and so we can wait. We only have a couple of minutes here. So okay. to wrap up, what we want to do is say, okay, so you went through that process and then you were able to over origins if i sum up here over origins you were able to uh, you were approached by dice hate me games is that well, yeah yeah well actually I, I just was walking around thinking about you know what i think i've been waiting and i, and I really want to see if uh, there's what what it looks out like out here you know other small publishers coming up doing really great stuff was really attracted to what dice hate me had done with carnival on uh, Kickstarter, they just seemed to be a young company who who had a good handle of things and was made me think about maybe there's other publishers out there for my game. So I, I requested to be released from my contract. Um, and that very night, after uh, after asking for my contract back and Ed Carter from Cambridge Games um, graciously releasing me, uh, I got a phone call from Sherilyn Kirkman who wanted to chat and her and, and Chris who who owned Dice Hate Me Games. I showed them the game in Origins. We hit it off. We felt like. Uh, kind of kindred spirits in some ways. Uh, they they weren't planning on publishing any new games because their their schedule was full, but were taken by the game and offered me a deal the the very evening that I had requested my contract uh, to be terminated. Well, and that's exciting because now we're talking about May, just this past May. So it's only been a you know that was mem- Memorial Weekend. Actually, it was June. Uh, first week of June. So it's only been a couple of months. Now, boom, just like that. Here you are. Your Kickstarter project's about to go live. Yes, I'm excited. Uh, I think and and Dice Hate Me is running this campaign for you, and I think it's uh, you guys are looking for ten thousand dollars over thirty eight days. That's uh, correct. I think uh, and knowing how Dice Hate Me, uh, Chris and Monkey Two Three Eight is how I refer to her, but that's, that's <laughs> her sure. Twitter. That's her Twitter handle. But yes, how Sherlyn and Chris really know how to make a campaign uh, work, and so it'll be exciting to see see how this goes. Yeah, I'm, I can't wait. Just like their track record with uh, Carnival and Viva Java has been great. They they really had a vision for the game, and uh, it's kind of cool. They just they're just kind of walking me through the process along with them, and uh, I'm learning a lot along the way from what they've learned. And I think we get to learn a little bit together. So well, we will, and I get a chance. I'm excited. I talked to uh, I talked to Chris today because I know that this project was coming up tomorrow night. It's Monday, the day before you launch. And we're going to be at the WBC World Board Game Championships this coming weekend. And uh, there's going to be a prototype, and I look forward to playing the game. Yeah, well, I hope you enjoy it. I'm I'm looking forward to hearing what people think of it. I'm excited starting to hit those conventions and uh, kind of get the word out a little bit. Well, I know. I can imagine your your (laughs) excitement. Uh, I certainly appreciate you being on the show with us, Jason. Thank you so much for having me, Richard. I appreciate you taking the time. You've been listening to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter. Our guest has been Jason Katarski and his game, The the Great Heartland Hauling Company, is about to go live on Kickstarter. It's being published by Dice Hate Me Games, the folks who did Carnival and Viva Java. And we want to say uh, thank you. And hopefully you've been inspired and have enjoyed the show. We look forward to seeing your project out on Kickstarter. Take care.